chapter thirty seven of the history of burke and hare and of the resurrectionist times this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. the history of burke and hare by george mcgregor chapter thirty seven dr knox's connection with burke and hare his egotism knox's criticism of liston and his assistants hanging knox's effigy popular tumults demand that he should be put on trial as yet dr knox had done nothing to allay the irritation which existed towards him in the public mind in the eyes of many he seemed a greater criminal than even burke and hare and outspoken and unthinking people went the length of declaring that these misguided men were but instruments in his hands obeying his behests and receiving pay for what their master knew to be murderous work this was certainly much too harsh a judgment but the doctor was unfortunately a man of such peculiar temperament that a large section of the people was willing to give credence to any kind of story however serious regarding him and it must be confessed that this dislike towards him was shared in by not a few of his professional brethren who had suffered from his overweening self-conceit and pride and who felt that the exposure of the resurrectionist system with which they were all more or less forced through the scarcity of subjects to be connected could not have happened in relation to a more suitable man even while knox was alive spending the last years of his life in london leighton writes of him in terms far from complimentary having referred to the professional and even personal jealousy that existed between the rival teachers of anatomy in edinburgh and their students leighton says unfortunately the characters of the leaders with the exception of monroe were not calculated to temper this zeal with discretion or throw a veil of decency over the transactions of low men which however justified as many said by the necessities of science were hostile to the instincts of nature and fearfully resented by the feelings of relatives liston was accused whether justly or not of wiling patients from the infirmary to set off by his brilliant operations the imperfections of the regular surgeons of that institution and great as he was in his profession it is certain that he wanted that simplicity and dignity of character necessary to secure to him respect in proportion to the admiration due to his powers but knox was a man of a far more complex organization if it was indeed possible to analyze him a despair to the physiognomist who contemplated his rough irregular countenance with a blind eye resembling a grape he was not less a difficulty to the psychologist there seemed to be no principle whereby you could think of binding him down to a line of duty and a universal sneer not limited to mundane powers formed that contrast to an imputed self-perfection not without the evidence of very great scientific accomplishments having told of an unscrupulous practical joke played by knox on professor jameson leighton proceeds 
even the bitterness of soul towards competitors was not sufficiently gratified by the pouring forth of the tofana spirit of his sarcasm he behoved to hold the file with refined fingers and rub the liquid into the raw with the soft touch of love the affected attenuation of voice and forced retinue of feeling sometimes degenerating into a puppy's simper bore such a contrast to the acerbity of the matter that the effect though often ludicrous was increased tenfold here are two samples of knox's egotism taken from his lectures to the students gentlemen i may mention that i have already taught the science of anatomy to about five thousand medical men now spread over the surface of the earth and some of these have turned out most remarkable for their knowledge genius and originality for they now occupy some of the most conspicuous and trying positions in europe again before commencing today's lecture i am compelled by the sacred calls of duty to notice an extraordinary surgical operation which has this morning been performed in a neighboring building by a gentleman mr liston who i believe regards himself as the first surgeon in europe a country laborer from the neighborhood of tranent came to the infirmary a few days ago with an aneurysm of considerable extent connected with one of the large arteries of the neck and notwithstanding of its being obvious to the merest tyro that it was an aneurysm the most distinguished surgeon in europe after an apparently searching examination pronounced it to be an abscess accordingly this professional celebrity who among other things plumes himself upon the wonderful strength of his hands and arms without pretension to head and is an amateur member of the ring plunged his knife into what he thus foolishly imagined to be an abscess and the blood bursting forth from the deep gash in the aneurysmal sac the patient was dead in a few seconds this notable member of the profession is actually an extra academical lecturer on surgery in this great metropolis and on this occasion was assisted by a gentleman similarly constituted both intellectually and physically who had been trained up under the fostering care of a learned professor monroe in a certain university who inherited his anatomical genius from his ancestors and who has recently published a work on the anatomy of the human body in which among other notabilities no notice is taken of the pericardium tracing the assistant of our distinguished operator further back i have discovered that he had originally apprenticed to a butcher of this city but that he had been dismissed from this service for stealing a sheep's head and trotters from his employer's shambles it is surely unnecessary for me to add that a knowledge of anatomy physiology pathology and surgery is neither connected with nor dependent upon brute force ignorance and presumption nor has it anything to do with an utter destitution of honor and common honesty this extraordinary speech was listened to with interest and applauded by the great body of the students though a few of them by hisses gave expression to their opinion that dr knox had himself overstepped the bounds of prudence and had shown an utter destitution of honor and common honesty 
it was little wonder then that dr knox was so universally detested and that the great body of the people agitated by the disclosures at the trial of burke and mcdougall should show their dislike to him in a manner they might not have adopted had he been a man who had hitherto received the respect of his fellows on thursday the twelfth of february eighteen twenty nine the inhabitants of edinburgh made an extraordinary demonstration against him on that day a large crowd assembled in the calton district of the city and having formed in marching order they proceeded up leith street and over the bridges to the old town while in the front was born what one of the contemporary newspapers described as an effigy of a certain doctor who has been rendered very obnoxious to the public by recent events the figure the chronicler continued was pretty well decked out in a suit of clothes and the face and head bore a tolerable resemblance to the person intended to be represented on the back was a label bearing the words knox the associate of the infamous hare while the mob was crossing the south bridge a strong resolute policeman attempted single-handed to disperse them as he saw a riot would inevitably occur if they were allowed to parade the streets much longer if that indeed were not the main purpose of the gathering but his seal was not tempered by discretion otherwise he would not have attempted such a foolhardy task the people easily drove him back and he was in the struggle injured by the many blows aimed at him as the crowd passed on towards newington it increased in size when they arrived in the district where dr knox resided the effigy was hanged by the neck to the branch of a tree fire also was put under it but that soon went out and the figure was torn to pieces amid the huzzas of the assembled thousands up to this period the crowd had behaved in a sort of good-natured fashion and had resorted to no actual violence though at times its playfulness had a dash of horseplay about it but now matters assumed a threatening aspect and a movement was made towards dr knox's house which it seemed to be intended to attack the city authorities had become alarmed at the appearance of affairs and having collected all their forces the city watchman under captain stewart the superintendent and a superior officer in another department of the municipal service marched quickly towards newington to suppress the tumult and prevent if possible further popular excesses the superintendent and another officer in advance of their force entered knox's house by the rear and from the front door they made a determined charge upon the crowd who had assembled there the people instantly retreated to the other side of the road and commenced throwing stones from the first volley of which captain stewart and his colleague were severely injured no further rioting took place at this time and no property was destroyed beyond some panes of glass in the window of knox's and the adjoining houses after a time the crowd which consisted for the most part of boys and young lads among whom eight or ten bakers were the most active quietly dispersed but large groups assembled in various parts of the city another crowd also composed mostly of boys gathered later in the day and armed with sticks they marched towards the high street which they paraded for some time before they could do any mischief a strong body of police met them opposite the tron church 
and after a short interval they dispersed in the vicinity of the west port another mob had collected and marched down the grass market along the cowgate to the horse wind breaking the glass in the windows of the south and west sides of the college several of the ringleaders of another crowd which took up its quarters in the cowgate were apprehended by the police edinburgh was now in a fairly riotous state excited mobs pacing the city in all directions the police found themselves little more than able to cope with the tumultuous spirit that was abroad for no sooner had a threatened or active disturbance been quelled in one district than matters had assumed a serious aspect in another some distance off they were thus kept at most fatiguing duty in spite of all their efforts they were unable to prevent another attack on dr knox's house about seven o'clock in the evening an immense concourse of people marched to newington and surrounding the doctor's residence they threw stones at it until not a pane of glass in the windows of it or the adjoining was whole an attempt was also made to force knox's premises in surgeon square but a strong party of police completely repelled the attack at last as the night advanced the excited populace returned to their homes and the city was again quiet in the course of the day the police had been able to apprehend some twenty persons who had been conspicuous in the rioting in the various parts of edinburgh it is an interesting and curious fact that some of the newspapers supported the people in their riotous proceedings speaking of the disturbances already noted the edinburgh weekly chronicle said since the grand spectacle of the execution of dr knox in effigy was exhibited about twenty-three of those concerned in it have been fined in sums of from five to forty shillings we understand that all these have been defrayed out of a stock purse previously collected some of the rioters had large quantities of gunpowder upon them another auto de fe is meditated on which occasion the cavalcade will move in the direction of portobello where it is supposed the doctor burrows at night as we have said before the agitation of public feeling will never subside till the city be released of this man's presence or until his innocence be manifested in justice to himself if he is innocent in justice to the public if he is guilty he ought to be put upon his trial the police have a duty to perform and it gives us pleasure to hear that they discharged it with promptitude but the feelings of nature when outraged as they have been in an immeasurable degree will soar superior to all dignities it scarcely ever was known that a populace entered upon acts of irregular justice when there was not extreme official apathy End of chapter 37